We're so glad you join us for Church Online every week. And listen, if it's your first time joining us today, we would love to hear from you. We want to connect with you. So do us a favor, drop into the comments, like, share, do all the things with this video because we want you to be able to connect and engage with our online community and, and really to not just be somebody that consumes what our church does, but also to be somebody that's actively able to participate in what our church life is all about. Hey, this week, we're going to have an inauguration for brand new president in our country. So why don't we take a moment and let's pray for the incoming administration. Pray that God would use them as instruments of peace and justice in our land. So Father, we thank you. We thank you that ultimately you are God, sovereign over all things. You are king of the universe. And, and ultimately, all the kings and rulers and presidents, they all have to submit to you. They're all under your authority. So, Lord, we pray for incoming President Biden and incoming Vice President Harris and their administration. We pray that you use them to lead our nation with justice. We pray that you use them to lead our nation in righteousness. We pray that you give them wisdom and peace during their years in office. And, Lord, we pray that you would give peace to our nation. We've come through a really divisive era, a really divisive time. And Lord, we do pray that this would begin to become a time of healing in our nation. And Lord, today, as we get ready to jump into the, the, the scriptures and into the message, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, help us to know what it is to, to really be a people that are following you and committed to following you. And I pray during these moments that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to continue talking about what it really means to be somebody that's following Jesus, because that's our goal as a church. We are following Jesus together. And as we've said over the last few weeks, as we follow Jesus, it's about withness. It's about being with him as we do. And withness helps us to grow in his likeness. So today we're going to talk a bit about what it means to look like Jesus. You see, following Jesus is a path of apprenticeship. Let me say it again. Following Jesus is a path of apprenticeship. In other words, going where he goes, being on journey with him, and being uh, on mission with him is helping us to apprentice under him so that we begin to look and act and be and do more and more like him. So the way I see it is as we spend time following Jesus and as we spend time moving in step with him we're moving from withness where we're just being with jesus and we're beginning to enjoy him and enjoy his presence and moving into likeness where as we spend time with him we become more and more like him and as we move from likeness then we move into practice and we begin to do the things that jesus would do in the world that we would look at the life of jesus and see in him what it is to follow him and be like him and be with him so today, as we talk about likeness and what it is to take on the likeness of Jesus, there's one idea that I want us to remember, one thought that I want to just kind of bounce around in our hearts and minds. And it's something that you've heard me say before, but I think it bears repeating. And it's simply this. It's that Jesus is our template. Jesus is our template. His life, the person that he is, the way that he lived, the decisions he made, the way that he spoke, he's our template. We look at his life and we look at our lives and we look for areas of alignment and the areas that aren't aligned, we need to bring into alignment with Jesus because he's the template. He's the one that we're trying to be like. If you're following of Jesus, 
is more about trying to make Jesus like you or make Jesus' views line up with your views, then guess what? You're doing it wrong. Because the simple truth of being a Christian is that Jesus is our model. He's the prototype. He is the firstborn of many. And it's up to the rest of us, adopted into the family of God, molded after his likeness to fall in line with the prototype, to do what the template would do, to be the kind of people that he would want us to be in the world. So Jesus is our template. So how do we begin to understand the template then? How do we begin to understand what it is to, to look like Jesus? How do we become like Jesus? Well, I have to say this. Time with Jesus makes us like Jesus. Time with Jesus is what's going to make us like Jesus. As we talked about last week, it's, in, it's such an important part of our lives that we would be people of prayer, right? People that spend time in conversation. People that spend time in communion with God, communicating with him. And so if we're going to be people of this conversational relationship with God, then I need you to know this. If you're going to spend time with Jesus, it's going to cause one of two things to happen for you. You're either going to begin to look more and more like Jesus, or by spending time with him, you're going to decide you would rather just do your own thing and try to step away from him. I want to encourage you today. Jesus is who we want to be like. He's who we want to build our lives after. So spend time with him so that you'll be more and more like him. See, we say this a lot in the youth ministry world. You know, if you, if you don't know, I was a, a youth pastor for a long time. I worked with junior high and high school students for a long time. And we teach students this all the time, that the people that you spend time with are who you're going to start to become. So choose your friends wisely. Well, listen, I don't know if we say that to adults enough. Because sometimes, as adults, we think, well, I've, I've already made my decisions as an adult. I'm, I'm not going to be influenced by the people around me. And nothing could be further from the truth. Even as adults, we have to make intentioned choices about the people we spend time with. Whoever you're spending time with, that's who you're going to become. So whoever you enter into your, your most serious relationships with, that's who you're going to become. If you're dating somebody, guess what? Date somebody that has the kind of moral integrity and character that you would like to model in your life because if they don't odds are good you're not going to pull them up to your level as much as you're going to come down a level together listen we become like who we spend time with and i know sometimes we end up spending time with people that that we don't necessarily have a lot of say in right in your job you don't necessarily have say in who your co-workers are so you end up spending time with people and and listen, that's your opportunity to shine. It's your opportunity to be a, a positive influence, showing people the way of Jesus in the world. But ultimately, the people that you're going to do life with, the people that you're going to, to walk shoulder to shoulder with as you learn what it is to follow Jesus and, and be made into his likeness, you're going to want to make sure you're choosing people in your life that are going to help you to make those choices that move you forward. In fact, let me say this, it's more than just the people that you spend time with. We are all shaped by the people we spend time with, but that proximity is not the only thing. It's the things that we consume as well. Whatever you're consuming regularly, that's what you're going to start to become. So if you're regularly consuming angry news personalities, guess what? 
you're gonna start to look like an angry news personality. If you spend a lot of time consuming what Tucker Carlson has to say, you're gonna start to look and sound like Tucker Carlson. And if you spend a lot of time listening to, to Anderson Cooper, you're gonna start to look and sound like Anderson Cooper. And listen, maybe you wanna look and sound like those people. But here's my thinking. We have a media world, not just our news, but an entire media world that's trying to shape and mold us. That's what art does. It, it starts as a reflection of humanity and then it starts to mold humanity because like any mirror, we begin to see ourselves in it. Listen, what if instead of spending all of our time consuming what pundits are saying about the world at large, we would spend more time with Jesus and figuring out what it is that he's saying about the world and what he's saying about the lives we live. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the national news and in the national politics that we forget right here, right now, in this spot today, you're living a life that's specific to the life that Jesus has called you to. Are the big national stories important? Certainly. We should be informed and we should know about those things. But how much are they genuinely impacting your day-to-day -day life? Are you really impacted by what happens in Washington on a day-to-day -day level? Or do you just need to make choices today that would help you to live a life that better reflects Jesus? Jesus is our template. And whatever we're consuming, whoever we're spending time with, that's what we're going to start to look like. So, you have a choice in this. Are you going to take on the likeness of Jesus? Or are you going to take on the likeness of the media you consume? Are you going to take on the likeness of the people that you're around? Let's take on the likeness of Jesus. There's a reason that we follow Jesus. See, we follow Jesus because we want to be like him. We follow Jesus because we want to be like him. Being a Christian is about making the choice to say, you know what, Jesus is the one that I want to be like. Jesus is the one that shows me what life should be and shows me how I should live, so he's the one that I want to be like. Not only does Jesus save me, not only does Jesus rescue me from myself and redeem me from my sins, not only does Jesus give me a new opportunity at a brand new life, not just a fresh start, but a brand new life, not only does Jesus do all of that for me, but Jesus shows me the fullness of human potential. In Jesus, we see the maximum capacity of goodness in humanity. No one can look at Jesus and say, yeah, he was kind of a bad person. You can't do that to him because we see in him that, that he exhibits love and compassion to everyone that he interacts with. Think of it this way. There's not a single story that you'll read where Jesus raises his hand other than to heal. You're not going to find a single story about Jesus where he speaks a word to tear people down. Instead, he speaks truth to power and he speaks love and compassion to all. Jesus comes into the world to show us the fullness of human potential, the full capacity of what humanity can be. I mean, think about it. Every single one of us has this immense capacity for good, and we have this immense capacity for evil. And in Jesus, we see the full capacity of goodness. And that's who we can be if we spend time with him. We follow Jesus because we want to be like him. We want to become like him. So how do we become like Jesus? In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of early people that are following Jesus. This is the first century, and Paul is writing to this group of Christians in a city called Ephesus, and 
as he's writing to them, he's trying to encourage them on how they can follow Jesus in that Roman city, in that very pagan city. You know, back in 2020, before the pandemic, I actually went to Ephesus, and it's a magnificent archaeological dig. It's one of the most comprehensive, we can still see the ruins all over the place, uh, locations from the ancient Roman world. It's there in Turkey, and it's a magnificent city with marble streets. Traveling through Ephesus, we were able to see that there were temples that had been built all over to various pagan gods and goddesses. And in fact, Ephesus was a center for making idols for the Roman world. And then there's this group of Christians. They're living a whole new way where they're not chasing after pagan gods and idols, and they're trying to figure out what it is to follow Jesus, to be made into the likeness of Jesus, through witness to grow in likeness so that they can grow in their practice of following Jesus. They're trying to figure out what that is day by day. And so Paul, an early church leader, writes this letter to them. And in this letter, Paul tells them about what he's praying for for them. And I want you to know something. When I read these words a few years ago, I adopted this as, as one of the things that I pray regularly for the people that God would call me to teach and, and lead. And it's something that I pray regularly even for our church and for you as you participate in this church. So listen to Paul's words and know that this is, one, the prayer of Paul for the people of Ephesus, but two, it's my prayer for us as well. He said this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. Paul writes these words. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how how. how how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. By knowing the love of God that he has for you, which Paul says is too wide and long and deep. In other words, he's just trying to say, listen, there's, there's just too much of the love of God for us to really understand the, the fullness of how God loves us. There's just so much of how he loves us. If we know how he loves us, it begins to change the way that we love others. Because listen, I know me and I know that I am a flawed individual. And so listen, I understand if it was up to me to love me the way that Jesus loves me, I don't know that I would. Because I look at my life and I say, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. In fact, years ago, I, I think I was still in high school when this happened. I, it was when I had first made the decision to really start following Jesus. I was at my church one night with my youth group, and I was in the back of the room, and I was praying. I was back there, and, and during the service, I was praying because I just I wanted to know God, and I wanted to be known by him. And as I was praying, it was like God just dropped this thing in my soul. And it was this. You know you used to hate me, right? And it wasn't God shaming me. It wasn't him looking at me and saying, you know, you used to hate me. I'm holding this against you. No, no, he, he was revealing this thing to me. I hated him. And he still loved me. Listen, no matter where you're coming from today, he loves you with a perfect, unfailing love. 
Maybe you were like me. Maybe you wanted nothing to do with God and you hated him. Or maybe that's where you're at right now and for some reason you just thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this online service today and see what happens. Listen, I wanted nothing to do with God. I hated him. And he loved me. Man, that, when, when that became real in my heart, when the Holy Spirit just kind of dropped that inside of me, there was this thing that lit up in me that just thought, if God could love me that way, then he can love anyone. And all of a sudden, I began to realize that if I would learn to love him and, love, and be loved by him, then it would help me to love others. Because if I realize how much he loves me, then it makes me realize how much he loves everybody. And that's what it is to become like Jesus. To be someone so overwhelmed with love for the creation of God, for humanity, that it changes the way that you treat other people. That it changes the way that you think of other people. If you are in love with Jesus, then guess what? You don't get to have a bunch of us and them kind of thinking. You don't get to look at the world and say, well, it's a bunch of them out there, but I'm safe over here. Listen, every single person on the planet is a person that God loves. Every single person on the planet is someone that Jesus died for. That neighbor that, that plays their music too loud on Friday nights, guess what? Jesus loves them, and because he loves you, he's calling you to love them also. The, 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 the person that cut you off in traffic, guess what? Jesus loves them, and he's calling you to love them also. That family member that hurt you when you were younger, guess what? Jesus loves them, and he's calling you to love them too. And like Paul prayed, my hope and prayer for you is that you would experience the full love of God. And experiencing the full love of God, it would help you to then express the full love of God. To let that just flow out of your life. As we see how much he loves us, we begin to see how much he really loves everyone. That's what it's coming down to for us. If we're going to be like Jesus then we have to have a foundational shift in the way that we think. Because if you're going to be like someone, then it starts by thinking like them. Listen, when I say be like Jesus, I'm not saying you need to put on sandals and wear a robe and grow a beard, though I am very favorable towards growing beards, in case you hadn't noticed. What I'm saying is, if we're going to be like Jesus, then it means that we have to start thinking the way that he thinks putting others ahead of ourselves. You know, Philippians chapter 2 tells us that Jesus, though he is God, set aside his divine right and took up the body of a human being. He became a man and he dwelt among us. He lived a perfect life. He considered others before his own divine privileges Repeatedly, the authors of the New Testament remind us that as we follow Jesus, we ought to think of others before ourselves. Galatians chapter 6, Paul reminds us once again, think of others before yourself. And in doing that, we can learn to fulfill the law of Christ, to love others the way that he loves us. You want to be like Jesus? You want to have the, the, the full potential of humanity flowing out of your life? The full potential for goodness flowing out? Then grow in love. Paul would write again in 1 Corinthians 13 that it is love that is the chief thing that God calls us toward. Faith, hope, love, the greatest of these is love. 
the basis of, the, of what the Bible would call the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, tr- the attributes that we're supposed to have. It's, it's nine things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love is the starting point of all of it. Without love, you don't grow in joy, you don't grow in peace, you don't grow in gentleness and kindness and self-control. It has to start with love. So how do we become loving? You become like Jesus by spending time with Jesus. And in being with him, you look at him as the template, and you let the template speak. Instead of trying to fit Jesus into your worldview, your worldview has to shift to the worldview of Jesus. For Jesus, the world was his mission and his purpose. The people of the world are why he came, because he loves each and every one of us. It's his love that makes us complete. His love makes us complete. It's the thing that makes us like him. Not having all of our theology and doctrine right, though I would encourage you, your mind needs to be shaped by good, sound theology and doctrine. And it's not about having the right religious practices, though I would encourage you, being a part of a local church and engaging in basic spiritual practices and disciplines is an important part of following Jesus. It's not about getting the stuff right. It's about being made right being made complete and full by his love. That's what he does for us. Maybe today, that's the thing that you most desperately need, is to say that that you want to be made full and complete by the love of Jesus. I think some of us wander through life struggling with unforgiveness and pain, and carrying things that we never meant to carry. Or maybe we've adopted habits that we don't want to adopt. Or maybe we just recognize that there's something flawed inside of us, and we know we're not perfect. Listen, Jesus is perfect. His love for you is perfect. And his perfect love will begin to drive all the fear out of your life. His perfect love will begin to reshape you and make you like him. That's the thing that's so amazing about Jesus. He doesn't look at us and say, would you just get all this stuff right? Would you just fulfill all these rules for me? No, instead, he invites us to follow him. He looks at us and he says, come and follow me. Come and learn from me. And as we do, we experience his love. And his love fills us makes us complete. It heals the broken cracks and makes us brand new. Today, if you want to experience the fullness of the love of Jesus, we like to say that it's as easy as A, B, C. A, you need to admit. You need to admit that you're in need of that love. You need to admit that you can't rescue yourself. You need to admit that there are areas of your life where you have fallen short. You need to admit that you can't do it on your own. B, you have to believe. You have to believe that Jesus is the way, the one and only way to experience the love of God. The one and only way to be set free from your sin and your past. Jesus is the only one who can redeem you, restore you, and renew you.
And C, you've got to choose. You've got to choose today and every day to follow Jesus. To not just say, well, I prayed a prayer once, I'm good. But instead, to choose a trajectory for your life that continues on the path of Jesus. You need to admit your need for him. You need to believe that he can save you. And you need to choose to follow him. If today you want to do that, whether it's, it's a coming back to Jesus for you, or whether this is a giving your life to Jesus for the first time, a very first time experiencing the love of God, I would encourage you to pray a simple prayer with me. Just one sentence. One sentence to begin a conversation between you and God that's going to continue from today well on into eternity. One sentence. Jesus, I give you my life. It's that simple. Jesus, I give you my life. And when you give him your life, flawed, broken, imperfect. In exchange, he gives you his love and his life. And you begin to find healing and restoration. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, do us a favor. Click on the raise hand icon or drop us a, a, a note in the comments or send us a direct message. We want to hear from you. One of our service hosts wants to get in touch with you and connect with you. Today, I want to encourage you this life that we lead as Christians is all about being active followers of Jesus. Spend time intentionally this week. Put it on your calendar. Make it a part of what you're doing to be with Jesus. Stop trying to force yourself to be like Jesus and instead be with him and through your withness, you'll grow in likeness. Stick with us. We're going to have great new things happening as a church, and I want you to continue to be a part of it. We have great things happening in person at both of our locations, Cathedral City, Desert Hot Springs, and we want you to be a part. And if you don't live in the area and you're joining us online, you are a part of us. Keep engaging with us because we know that God is going to do something phenomenal this year in all of our lives as we follow Jesus together.